you got home from your mission. You went to, into solitude for five months, basically, <laughs> and yeah. concocted a mastermind plan to, oh, yeah. it was wild. to become very successful, which is so cool. Welcome back to Release the Podcast. In this episode, I was able to interview Tiana Evertson. Tiana is a serial entrepreneur. She has seven businesses. Her and her family, they moved around a lot when she was younger. She even lived in Italy for a while and then got called on a mission. After the mission, like I said, she started seven businesses and has some incredible experiences and some great insights on how to live a successful life after the mission. Tiana, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I, We've talked about this, and I'm excited that we're finally doing it. I know. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, thank you. Totally. Well, I was just thinking, let's just jump right in to your story. Awesome. Let's do um, it. Where are you from, and what was your upbringing like? Yeah, well, that's actually an interesting question. Totally easy question, but for me, it's kind of a weird answer. So I grew up kind of everywhere. My dad had a job that we just moved so many times. So we got to see a lot of really cool places. It's Colorado, Utah, Texas. What did your dad do for work? Uh, so he does international business. Dang, that's sick. Yeah. International. International. <laughs> <laughs> that's sick. So where did you, where would you move around to? Uh, born in Utah, moved around to Colorado, Alaska, Texas, Col- I say Colorado. Um, there's so many. <laughs> um, Utah, Montana, and then we moved to Italy. So we lived in Florence. Cherry on top. That yeah. is amazing. Florence. Florence. Dang, that is so cool. Um, when did you move to Florence? How old were you? So I was 11. Okay. Yeah. And so you went to, and you, you stayed there till your mission. Is that correct? Or how long were you in Italy? So I was in Italy for a few years and then came back for the rest of my high school. Okay. So I went to this high school in Denver and did track and field and competed and just wanted a little American experience. And then I went on my mission a few years later. Yes. What are what are some of the lessons that you learned constantly moving Switching schools, switching friends, switching households and locations. What what were some of the key lessons you took away from that? Yeah. I think it really helped me feel comfortable in new situations, helped me feel excited for meeting new people and for hearing their stories and meeting people who weren't like me. Really, honestly, prepared me perfectly for a mission because you're constantly uprooted or um, you're called to do areas where you are unfamiliar with where you are, mm-hmm. but you are prepared with with 
the understanding that you know who you are and the feeling of home is really just you. Mm-hmm. Like wherever you are, you just feel at home. I think it was neat to experience that with my family because that's the thing that will never change. And I could always feel at home with them. So That is so cool. And that does sound just like a mission. Hits all the criteria of a mission. Have you ever, do you know the YouTube channel Yes Theory? No, tell no, me about you it. You would love it. Yeah. Um, it's a group of guys and their kind of slogan is seek discomfort. Oh. Okay. And they'll go do just tons of adventures seeking discomfort. And one of the things that they do is they'll drop one of their buddies off in a city. It could be it's the smallest town in America or it could be in France, like Paris. What? And okay. wherever it is, but they are dropped off without a phone, without um, a wallet, without anything what? really. They have like a <laughs> camera because they're vlogging it, but they are supposed to rely on the kindness of strangers. Oh. And so they have to go up and meet people, just start talking, see what people are doing that night, try to have a fun time, find a place to stay, have people Whoa. feed them. Yeah. And it's really cool because, yeah, that's their entire slogan, seek discomfort. And as a missionary, you often feel that way, thrown into a brand new area mm-hmm. with members. Luckily, the members kind of are all, Help already helping you and yeah. stuff. and. If you're whitewashing with your companion, it's like, it's tough, but yeah. it's it's kind of cool. Like we get that experience. We might not have a YouTube channel, but we kind of get that experience. Oh, there's a life movie after this. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, <laughs> Man, that yeah. is so cool. That is so cool. I mean, people are so good. Yeah. I feel like, and just the way that like things work, I feel like the right people are always place in your in your path Mm -hmm. even if it's just a youtube experiment i feel like it's just proof it is that people are just so good yeah you give people the opportunity to be good and they're gonna surprise you that's pretty cool i agree that is so cool yeah okay so you mentioned something before we started recording Mm -hmm. that absolutely blew my mind (laughs) and this isn't the greatest segue into this but i just want to dive into it already okay let's do it you, okay, I'm just going to say it. You were in a coma. Yeah. When you were young. How old were you? What happened? I, just, yeah, tell us how Everything. you got there. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is insane. Yeah, so this was um, in my first year of age. Um, I was in a coma for five months mm-hmm. due to organ failure. And... Yeah. I don't remember it. Uh, you know, that's that that experience has changed my life because I think about it every single day, even though I don't directly remember it. I feel like parts of that experience and also most of those experiences, I say experiences because I've actually has special occasions where I've had spiritual experiences where I've relived it and I've re-experienced it. And (laughs) 
you like didn't go into another coma. You just. No, um, I've had a couple of dreams where I've experienced it. And each time I feel like I'm prepared up until that moment to to understand it and to comprehend it Mm -hmm. because I feel like you would have to be in a certain place spiritually to understand or recognize the scenario or the impact or what it was that happened during that experience. And for me, that was on my mission. Um, where I was in a very good place for the spirit to teach me a lot. And that was just the perfect place for me to revisit that experience. But after my five month coma, sorry, after five months, you know, they're asking the question, sitting down with my parents, talking about the electricity. I'm sorry. That was just to give a little lightness. Yeah, no, yeah, please. (laughs) You know, the conversation about the electricity, it's terrible. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But my dad and my mom are very faithful people and just very hopeful that things just work out. Before making a decision about anything, my dad wanted to give me a priestly blessing and he told me in the blessing you have a decision to stay or you can go and it's it's your decision you it's your life and it's your experience on earth and god wants you to know that you've been preparing for this for a long time and This is something you've been very, very excited about. And the things that you've been experiencing up until that point have just made it even more exciting. But you've been planning with your Heavenly Father for the most amazing, incredible life that will change the world. And it's your decision, and your family will be here to love you, and you'll changed many lives but you also have a family in heaven that wants you back as well and the next day I woke up and I'm here (laughs) um that is mind-blowing like you hear stories about that like in general conference kind of stuff but I don't know. It's cool to to hear it firsthand, talking to somebody that said, no, it, that stuff happens. It happened to me. Like, after five months of being in a coma, you got a blessing from your dad who gave you a choice, and you woke up the next day. Dang. You only needed a night to sleep on it to, <laughs> to decide. I'm like, I'm pretty, you know... In favor of staying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Man. So you were going through organ failure. How how was the recovery? I I know you don't remember it, but was it pretty rapid after that? Or how did it it turn around? Um, Like most blessings, but they are, they're miracles. 
And for it to be a miracle, it was a physical healing, and it was mostly spiritual. But I, I, I think for the first year after that, I had oxygen connected to me all the time. I mean, my baby pictures are cute. (laughs) (laughs) If you could find me and recognize me. Um, So there is that. I know that there's a lot of appointments, a lot of doctor's appointments. So luckily that part I don't remember. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, pretty far back in my memory. And your family was in Utah during all of this? Yes. Nice. Dang. Yeah, that would kind of shape your life, being told that story by your family the whole time. And you're like, I I didn't just choose to be here once. I've done it twice now. Okay, let's make it good. <laughs> and so, yeah, wow. Do you, Sorry, I don't want to cut you off if no, you're, you're about good. to say anything. No, go ahead. Um. Did that did that experience or have any influence on you deciding to go on a mission? I know well, that's kind of leading the witness question. Yeah. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just feel so grateful after having that experience because I feel like life is a gift and that's so cliche, right? That's so cliche, like life's a gift, but Honestly, I, I feel that just the time that I have here is a gift and I try to use it as wisely as I can without feeling the weight of the situation, but just giving my choices and my actions, my, you know, whatever I do with my life, I feel like it's a way of showing gratitude to my Heavenly Father for for allowing me to to experience life. And I feel like a mission was a perfect way for me to give back to him mm-hmm. and using my time. That's really his time. It's not really our life. It's his life. I mean, that he gave us. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the whole purpose of my life after this experience, it's helped me to realize that I really want to just give my life to him and give it to others. I want to be successful in what I do so I can help more people. And really the end goal is just to leave the world better than I found it. Mm. Dang. Well, that's a, that's a great choice to stay in. And then to continue and go on a mission at, at that young age. So where were you when you decided to decided to serve? Or like wh- where were you when you started putting in your papers? So after I graduated, there's this trip called Heritage Chores. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Mm-mm. They I don't think they do it anymore, but they've done it for over 20 years. It's out of American Fork, Utah. And this professor decided to do a youth tour. So instead of going on like this 
senior trip to New York or something, Vegas or something, with your friends, you can go with other postgrads and go and see all the sites for three weeks. Mm. And so they took us to go see all of the church history sites and it was a mini mission really. It was so amazing. We got to do so many tours through these sacred places and the whole purpose of it was to prepare people to go on a mission. So it's wow. like a mini MTC. That is so cool. Yeah, it was so MTC cool. for the MTC. Yeah, just like this big bus with all these kids and just like fireside all day long. Go see these cool places. Be super high on the spirit. And he allowed us to go into different sacred places. I think we all took some time after a fireside in Kirkland, I think, next to the temple. And just we all went out to a field by ourselves and he encouraged us to pray about whether or not a mission would be what Heavenly Father, what you would like to do. And I just kind of reflected about everything that I experienced in just my life up until that point. And I just felt more gratitude. I didn't feel pressure. I felt gratitude and how I wanted to just I wanted to get back and it just, it felt so right. It felt, it felt like an easy thing to think about and consider. Mm -hmm. So I actually didn't think about a mission at all until that point. Really, My parents didn't pressure me to do that. I loved the missionaries growing up. My parents adopted them. <laughs> They're so fun. We always had missionaries in our house. So I was always inspired by them, but for some reason it never came up in my mind. Like, oh yeah, yeah I want to serve a mission until I thought about it on a mission trip, like yeah. a mission theme. But yeah. So you were, you prayed about it and you're like, dang, I, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And so then you started doing your papers and everything and... And where'd you get called? <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. Drum roll, Drum roll. Please. <laughs> um, Argentina, Buenos Aires, North. Woo, Argentina. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about that story because the story, it's wild. It's honestly really complicated, your mission it is. story. It is. So yeah, let's let's dive into that and how you prepared, how you got out there and what ended up happening. Yeah. Yeah. Buckle up. You get some snacks ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got called to Buenos Aires, North Argentina. Everyone thought that it was going to be Italy. It was pretty obvious that I was going to Italy because I spoke Italian. Yeah. Not very many people go there unless you maybe took Italian. It's not a common language. Um, just seemed like that would be the obvious place. And I got called to Argentina and I was so shocked. I was like, oh, okay. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, Tal. You don't tell me, Father, where you want to go. And you don't tell him where you don't want to go. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I didn't want to go to Argentina. It's just never considered it. And I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, my State president at the time asked me in the interview, he's like, so where do you want to go? And I'm like, 
I can't say. Like, I can't say it. Otherwise, then, <laughs> I something bad is going to happen. I'm just I, not going to come I, true. I'll, anywhere, really, anywhere. Right? And so he's like, well, I have a feeling you're going to Italy. And I'm like, don't jinx it. Yeah. Because I kind of want to go there. Um, but so then, when you got your call, you're like, this, this is my stake president's fault. <laughs> He is the reason I'm going <laughs> no, to Argentina we, instead. we love President Acherson. Um <laughs> But he was also the mission president. Oh, wow. And so he was a close friend as well. So cool. Italy is just, Italy's our favorite. Mm-hmm. We love Argentina too. But <laughs> we, we have a special place for Italy. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like it was really just, I didn't understand it. I felt like Italy, I could understand that. It made total sense. Argentina had no idea how that would connect to me or my skills. I'm sure I'd be a great missionary wherever, but it didn't really make sense. You know, when you hear about people who go to places and they're like, oh, yep, all your cousins went to Mexico and now you're going to Mexico. That's crazy. Who would have thought? But no, I had no connection to that country. Mm. I couldn't find anything online. No mom groups on Facebook, did everything on Google, pretty modern technology. I still couldn't figure out what I was getting into. Yeah. Like, and I travel a lot. So for me, I just really like to know like everything about the place I'm going to. And I just really had no, no clue, but I knew that it was where I was supposed to go, where I was supposed to be called. And, um, and then I was about to leave, left from Italy for my homeward in Italian, gave my talk and everything. And the whole time it just didn't feel quite real for some reason. It's very real. You have a signed document from the prophet mm-hmm. saying you're going somewhere, you're going there. Um, you have your, everything about the process is telling you this is pretty, pretty permanent. This is pretty, I mean, at least for the next year and a half you can't change it after this and I was about to leave and they got a call you're going to this MTC just kidding this MTC two days later no sorry this one so I changed MTCs probably five times oh my gosh which one did you end up at the Spain Madrid MTC and it's not not there anymore but it was so cool and yeah so I ended up going there from Italy and it was incredible. I was learning Spanish. The Spanish was struggling a little bit. <laughs> um, it wasn't coming along as much as I thought it would, but it just didn't feel real. Yeah. And it was really weird because it was a feeling inside of me where I was just, I couldn't say that out loud. People would be like, no, you're going, you have a mission tag right here that says you're going and you have like everything. I even had my papers for my flight. I had my visa, I had everything mm. for Argentina until the day before I was supposed to go. Dang. And I still didn't feel like, I still didn't feel like it was where I was supposed I, It just felt like it wasn't real. So everything leading up to leaving on a plane to my mission Everything just said, you're going to Argentina. You're speaking Spanish. You have been learning for six weeks. And 
up until the day before I was supposed to go on my flight, everything was in hand. I had my ticket, had my passport, had everything. And it felt really strange that I didn't feel like it was real until, even until that point. But then I actually was the only one in the MTC. Everyone left to their missions. I got pulled aside. They told me, Hermana Evertson, you're not going to Argentina anymore. Didn't give me any information. They just said, I'm not going anymore. So you anymore. don't even know why. But you're not going home. Weird. So I'm like, okay, I'm staying here. Cool. I, I love it. It's great. Yeah. This is Sammy. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, but I'm like, well, okay, cool. I don't have a call anymore. So it's back to square one. You wait for your call. Go out, go to the MTC. Wait for your call again. That's right? so weird. So everyone leaves. I wasn't really supposed to tell anybody. So like, oh, have fun in Argentina. And I'm like, yeah. thanks. It's going to be great. <laughs> that long flight. Yeah. So then... I'm just being passed off between all of my teachers and staff for a whole week. Mm. Then the new, the new group comes in and like, Oh my gosh, hi, where are you serving? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> They're like, that's a so good weird. one. You are in an MTC. You have a call. Yeah. And I, I didn't They're like, she's special. She is waiting for a call still. Yeah. Um, and then after, Four more days of planning, taking lots of walks in the park, talking to people on the street. I was just really excited to get in the mission. And on my way out, someone almost like, like I hear a voice. We're walking out of the MTC and this is like an eight story building. Somebody's screaming, Hermana. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like what, what's going on? And so my teacher was bending out of the window. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but he's okay. <laughs> he was like, oh my gosh, your mission call came. And everyone's just so excited. Every day we're just asking each other, like, where do you think she'll go? Like, oh my gosh, she think it's today? Today's the day. And um, yeah, I run upstairs and my mission president of the MTC, he's like, hey, guess what? We got your call. We have to ask you a question first. Do you speak Italian? <laughs> and I was like, I actually do really well. I'm fluent. And he's like, perfect. You're leaving in 45 minutes. Like pack Whoa. your things. Whoa. And you're like, um, Italy? Italy? Okay. Is that what it is? Oh, I'm, I've I'm heard of it. it. It's kind of cool. <laughs> Been there. Um, I feel like that moment was literally like Abraham and Isaac for me. Because oh, wow, it's yeah. final hour. Like seriously, final hour. Where God God asked me when I first put my mission papers in, would, to would, would you go anywhere? Almost as bad as dying. So, <laughs> yeah, I totally feel it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. In the comments, you just you just go away. <laughs> All you Argentinian missionaries, you just confirm or deny. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just felt like every step of the way was a test. If I have faith in the process. And I can tell it was just like, you know, like in movies where there's like a, like a memory or flashback. And so everyone else in the room is like blurry mm -hmm. and then it's all in the character. Yeah. And then like what they're experiencing is very like honed in mm -hmm. for me. It was like kind of, 
pulled out of a situation where Heavenly Father and I were like, I think more with me. I think he was with me, testing me, saying, okay, how about now? Are you still willing to serve me? Mm. How about now? Are you still fully committed? Like, are you truly committed to going anywhere and serving whoever I put in front of you? And every part, I'm like, yes, yes. But I don't see the end of the tunnel. I don't yeah. see why. Like, I don't understand everything completely. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I was called to Italy, or recalled to Italy, it just felt like, it felt like a confirmation Yeah, that he was there the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it also pulled me apart from my mission in the sense that there is a relationship with him growing that was a huge part of my mission was just understanding my relationship with him and who he is. And that guided my whole mission. Mm. That is so special to have that kind of confirmation and to have your faith rewarded in a way that like you like you said, you don't see the end of the tunnel. You don't really understand why, but you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to step off this cliff. Hopefully you catch me. Mm-hmm. And then it's rewarded. And it ends up being the logical choice. Mm-hmm. And so that is so cool. That is so cool. And so you ended up getting that call and you were told to pack your bags because you're leaving in 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. We were but we you, were rapid packing. It yeah. was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Did you go straight from there to Italy or what happened? I had this cute little Ecuadorian teacher, probably like four or two, in this big missionary bus. She, they just Small like, woman. all right, Hermana, you're going to take Hermana Everts into the airport. And she can't reach the pedals, but we somehow make it there. And Spanish traffic and everything. Yeah, it was really quick. And then as soon as I got to the the Rome airport, my mission presidents uh, were there to pick me up. And it was just really cool because it was just me and them. Mm -hmm. And they were like, we've been really good friends with them for a while. Everyone in Italy, we're all just super close um, with the missionaries and all the mission presidents. And when I first got my call, they're like, we were, we were watching it. We were hoping that you're going to come to Italy. And my father's like, just wait, just wait, just wait. <laughs> um, but it was really special. I got driven straight to my area. Mm. My precious trainer thought that she was going to be training, had this really great prompting and felt like she was going to be training finally. And then she didn't get called to train. She's like, mm. that's really strange. Like, okay. And then I stood up on her doorstep, her her little Philia, her little daughter, <laughs> little <laughs> greeny. Um, was this like mid-transfer? This, this was happened? just a week in. A week in. So for I'm her, sorry. I'm sure this first week was probably the same, simultaneously crazy. The same just kind like, of MTC experience you had. It's like... Mm-hmm. Is this real? I've been having a different feeling, but I'm going to go with it. Right. And so exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. Dang. You mentioned how 
um, you were able to look back on your life while on the mission and how you felt so close to God. You were even able to re-experience that, that insane experience when you were one years old in the coma. Um, I don't know if I'm rushing into this story, but yeah, let me know if I'm rushing into it. Am I? No? Okay. No, you're good. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Because when you're kind of just briefing me on your story before we started, I got chills with that, knowing that you had that experience where you were able to kind of reconnect with your past self and that incredible experience of you choosing to stay. I I don't I don't tell this very often, but I'm I'm glad that I have the opportunity to share it. I feel like through through the different parts of my life that led me to serve a mission, prepared me for a mission. And then this the things, the experiences that prepared me in my mission to receive clarification and a more painted picture about the experience was degree upon degree. And I feel like I wouldn't have been prepared to understand it spiritually if I wasn't in such a place where I was so close to the spirit. I had a few different dreams on a few different occasions where, okay, so I... I did sports and music before I went on a mission and I wanted to pursue commercial music. So I was in commercial music in the program, everything. And that's what I wanted to do after the mission. And I felt so connected to music. I felt like that would really impact people. But I received these different experiences where I saw thousands of people, like I'm assuming thousands, it was slightly uncomprehendable the amount. It's more visually that I was shown this picture, I guess, where my heavenly father was just like the coolest, coolest father. And I think that he talks to us in different ways depending on how we receive it. But I, the way that he he talked to me was, hey, homegirl, how's it going? (laughs) Just making me feel so loved and supported as a father first. Mm -hmm. Not this big being that we're supposed to be respectful of and we're just lowly people on earth it connected it for me I didn't feel that way before but more so clarified his his personality and his um his essence and like who he is and what he's like um I I just saw and I don't want to this come across as boastful or anything just saw people in different nations, people in villages, people um, homeless here in the States, in Utah, 
just large amounts of struggling of people in situations where they're helpless and people who um, are looking for jobs and it kind of it felt kind of like Nephi's dream when he sees everything that from different parts of time where it's he's seeing modern things and I'm seeing all of these different things and there are things I didn't quite think about as deeply before. Um, but it was more because it was showing me why I can, what situations I could help in, mm. the people I could impact. But it was like I was his hands where he had so many things, so many, so many of his children that he wanted me to help him bless and be, for, be there for. Mm-hmm. And I was just the way of helping yeah. make those things happen. But it, and I I could talk about it for a long time because it's so complex. It took a lot of experiences for me to fully form that picture in my mind to yeah. understand it. Um, that is so cool. Like God showed you a picture of all the people that you could help thousands in the world really because you're touching all parts of it that is so that's special not everybody gets a picture like that and wow that is really cool and you feel like that was directly tied to your decision that you made as a little girl in in when you were got your blessing right mm-hmm. wow and and it was kind of like an incremental thing where you're on your mission and you're gaining more and more understanding and you're forming that picture more and more it's almost a vision yeah. board of your life right there yeah like it's literally a vision <laughs> look Old at that vision board yeah, yeah. <laughs> after you formed that in your head how did that change you well, I think that it was the perfect place to have that that understanding because on your mission you're you're told that every soul in the eyes of God is great and you're you're working with people who are God's children, his precious children. And I thought it was such a blessing because I had, a, I was in a place where I could directly apply what I was being taught from my private lessons, right? My private spiritual lessons, where, and incrementally, so like, I think the first thing that was impressed upon my mind was. There's something more than you have for yourself planned. There's something more that's even bigger than you. I kind of forgot about my story. I kind of forgot about the coma. Mm. I don't know how someone can forget that, but I did. Um, I was just used to hearing it, and it was part of my past, but realizing, no, no, that's... uh, This experience is to show you that... No, there is something bigger. There's 
there's a bigger plan. I feel like each one of us has a plan. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not more special than you, more special than anybody. I I feel like God's willing to show each one of us what what great adventures or great impact that you can have on the world. Mm-hmm. I think it's just. I would suggest having the courage to ask, because he'll show you. Yeah. He'll show you a, a life that is way bigger than you could ever think for yourself. And when you think about how much, how much he, there, there's the, the scripture, God so loved the world. And because he loves the world, he he gives us opportunities to make it better. And I think he sends us to carry out those plans if we're willing. Mm -hmm. Even if he is just, you know, using you for a YouTube video where you're the person that gives your phone to that person to help them get back to their friends or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I feel like regardless of what you believe in spiritually, I feel like we all are together in this one purpose of life and we're all tied together. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. It's something I've thought about a lot. Um, When people talk about church and church life being boring, I'm like, that is such a naive take because like you said, God is offering you the adventure of a lifetime and it is to make this world better. And there's going to be obstacles and heartbreaks and triumphs and connections and relationships you make along the way and romance even Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so cool. And like you said, if you can just ask for it, like if you can test God and say, okay, God, my life is dull. My life is boring. There hasn't been anything eventful. I don't think I'm that special. Ask him, see what he thinks about you. See what he thinks about your story and what he has planned for you. And, and in a way you're co-authoring it with him because he's making this amazing plan, but you have your choice and you can choose, and he allows you to choose a lot of it. Yeah. And it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. And and that's one of the most, like, I, I want to find a better word than empowering, but it, it, it fits. That's one of the most empowering thing is God's grace and our agency. Because that creates the greatest adventure story one can ever hope for. And so, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And that, that message that you have and that you've been able to really imagine in your own mind really resonate. Like, what's it called when it just like shoots out of A you? A manifest. Like you, you're manifesting it, but it also, yeah. this is not the right word, oozes out of you. People can <laughs> feel it. People can feel the confidence right. in God's plan. Radiate. 
radiate. That's yeah. what it is. It, that's such a nicer word than <laughs> is. <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, yeah. And people can feel that because you have this confidence in God's plan and that you are supposed to do something great. And that's not boastful at all because to help someone and give glory to God, that's amazing. And so that is such a great lesson for everybody to learn. Oh, I love that. I feel like it's so important for anyone listening. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, yep, we we all have something special. I love hearing that. That's great to hear. I I've never been in a coma, so you know, I've never experienced anything crazy like that. Like how could you know, how can my story be any of any significance or special? You don't have to go through a life or death situation for you to feel that close to God. You don't have to feel like that's something that you have to have as an experience to see life as beautiful. I think it's important to remind the listeners that we all hear about the pre-existence, right? Hear about the big meeting in heaven where we talk with God, we sit with him, and we were all there. We all had this discussion all together about like what you said, like having the beautiful experiences, having the downfalls, all of this, all of the different ups and downs of life, but we still all chose to came to come. And I think that alone, I think that alone shows the extraordinary in you. I think that's an extraordinary decision. And I think that's a great place to start. If that's, if you can't find something in your life that you feel like is, it's not giving you enough push of your story, know that your story started there. Mm-hmm. Know that. You did have an incredible beginning, and where and you came brave. from, where you came, where you came from, was in the presence of God. You were with Him too. I just got a second interview. I got called back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe I forgot a few things. I didn't take notes or something. Um, yeah, have courage. Ask Him. Ask Him to show you how he feels about you and the potential that he sees in you and he sees so many incredible things and there there's a lack of words I could say to portray how much he wants for you I love what you said have courage and there's there's another phrase in the book of mormon alma 15 where Zizrum is laying in bed sick and because he's racked with guilt because he thought he killed Alma and Amulek and killed all these people mm-hmm. in that city. Um, but then he heard about Amulek and Amulek, Alma and Amulek in, his, in that city where he was. Mm-hmm. And it said his heart took courage. It took it. And courage is something that like, you have to take. It's an action, action word. Exactly. It's an action mm-hmm. word. You have to take it. You actually, 
sometimes physically have to do something to have that courage. And the funny, cool thing about courage is whenever you're pretending to have courage, that's courage. Mm-hmm. You're pretending to have that, to take action. You're still taking action. Good yeah. job. Yeah. You're doing it. And Winston Churchill says, courage is rightly esteemed the first of the first of human virtues because from it spawns every other. And as we have that action word, that courage taking it, that is when we can um, have all those other virtues, humility, patience, diligence, love, all of, all of those others, honesty. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like what you just said is so, it is the most generic, but also the most applicable thing anybody can do right now is to take courage, ask God, am I extraordinary? Is my life significant? And you'll see, you'll see that it is. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, like I said, you definitely radiate that vision um, in your life. And since coming home, it seems like you have done some amazing things. And you're still young. And so I kind of want to jump into that and see how that vision has really been applied in your life post mission mm-hmm. and yeah, come to light. And so, so when you got home, can you tell me a little bit about your released experience? Um, my released experience. Um, it was wonderful. It felt like it didn't feel like the end. It didn't feel like, because I understood this was a long term commitment to serving Heavenly Father and in um in life that that was an easy thing to recognize is that it was just the end of that chapter in this specific way that I was serving him um yeah it's cool I mean, I definitely felt maybe less pressure of having the uh, <laughs> having the weight of people and their salvation on my shoulders. Maybe a little bit took a few pounds off. Um, <laughs> went to the gym, put it back on, and then <laughs> started lifting. Um, yeah, it was it was great. It it honestly felt like the mission people call it the mission haze or like you still feel like a missionary. You kind of keep the same schedule. Um, even though something's a little bit different, you Mm -hmm. still feel you kept the same schedule though. Mm -hmm. Good job. (laughs) Most of us didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait, I can't spend like five hours a day studying the scriptures. I'd love that. Yeah. Like there's there's not enough time. I think I slept in like, the first day really like (laughs) like worst how um he's recovering (laughs) he's sleeping in um did you get when you got home was it to colorado or italy did you stay in italy what was yeah 
right after I was released was actually right, uh, right before the dedication of the Rum Temple. And so my last transfer That's was so, so sick. cool. It was so cool because I got to be one of the five missionaries that got to be Dang. in the temple to see it before the whole world. And it was actually the closest companionship to the temple. So I went from Sicily, the island, mm-hmm. the farthest place in the mission, to Ostia, which is right by the temple. And they're like, hey, sisters, we got a little special intermission for you. We got a little something for you to do. And it was really cool. We got to paint oxen, put all the mantles together, things together. Anyway, very special. And then my mom has a tour agency. And so my whole mission, the whole time they were there in Italy, had a whole list of people that they wanted to bring to the temple. And they rented these huge buses, these huge like Greyhound kind of buses. Yeah. They hired them with their own money. They filled them multiple times with non-members and they were giving away Book of Mormons books of Mormon. That's controversial. (laughs) You don't know if that's like books of Mormon. Oh, it's, I I was told this. Really? It's copies of the Book of Mormon. That's a good one. That's a good way. That settles any, yeah, that, I like that. I'll be using it. So they had given away hundreds of copies of the Book of Mormon. And so I got to go and be a part of leading these tours. So that was really cool. I was, you know, so proud of my parents for being such missionaries. That is so cool. (laughs) What a special experience. Yeah. Rome Temple must hold a special place in your heart, being able to work there. Mm-hmm. For how long were you um, able to do that for? Uh, be in the temple. Be in the temple, paint, give tours, all of that stuff. So the projects were during the mission, my last transfer, mm. for about three weeks. That's so sick. And they went home for a week and it, they got it done so quick. Then we just turned back around and went back to Rome. And it was so funny. The The visitor center actually is in the Rome mission. And so my mission president and his wife were there all the time with the temple president. And so like, Sorella Everton, you're like, back up? so soon. I'm like, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> and we're bringing hundreds of people. That um, is so go sick. member missionary work. That Member missionary work is the best missionary work. And so keep it up, members. Yeah. It was so cool. And then I went to Alaska randomly, just decided to go to Alaska. Yeah. Um, Visit your hometown or just... No, no, I didn't know anything about Alaska. Um, My home's like, you don't have to go back to Utah. You like uprooted, you kind of like packed everything away. Like, yeah, go wherever. Go wherever you want. And I'm like, I'm a super ambitious traveler. I have this whole bucket list. It's like categorized and by continent. Dang. And I was like, I'm like, why did I think of that? My mom was like, so cool. She was like, you know, you could go wherever you want. This is pre COVID. Mm -hmm. And so I was like narrowing it down. Like, okay, cool. Hawaii or Alaska. Alaska is amazing in the summer. It's not freezing. It's Mm. not hot. Got, went there, decided I'm, I'm moving to Alaska. I got a job training horses. No way. Yeah. So I trained horses, but I got a job doing it there. Mm -hmm. And it was so fun. 
but I was alone a lot of the times just with my job position. I was on trails. Yeah. And I was there for five months. And that was just a really good time where I was just alone. I invite you to be alone with yourself. It's okay. You're not you're not weird for being alone. It's so good for you. Go and sit with yourself. Get to know yourself. What do you like? Kind of sit with God. He's able to sit with you distraction free from everything. There, there's nothing. Mm -hmm. I had a little cabin. I was sitting in a cabin. That's, so cool. That's a whole nother story. It's like a dream <laughs> <But> <laughs> of mine, honestly. And when she says alone, she's not talking about your phone. So oh, leave yeah, your I phone. I didn't have any service at all. I'm so sorry, Mom, for five months. I had a few well, times where yeah. I paid $5 for 10 minutes of internet, and I made sure my mom knew I was okay. $5 for 10 minutes. My mom was used to it. I emailed her once a week. So she's yeah. like, well, if I'm hearing from her twice a week, that's, that's, that's an upgrade. That's better. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I listen to all these podcasts. I listen to the scriptures. I listen to talks. Just walking around in the mountains or on, on horseback, just listening to all these for five months and really got comfortable with being with myself. Um, solidifying everything that I was working on with. I feel like this is like a mentorship, really. I felt like I was being mentored by Heavenly Father, my whole mission. Mm -hmm. And so... There's like the vision, right? I mean, you guys might follow people on Instagram who are mentors or gurus and they'll show you the vision to get you pumped. And then they're like, all right, here's the step to get your Lamborghini. So I was <laughs> like, all right, I'm, I'm so pumped to get off the mission. I'm so pumped. And then I go straight into, okay, this is how it's all going to work. This is how we're going to like build an empire basically. Mm -hmm. And, I figured out all my businesses, figured out how I'm going to get the Lamborghini, although not super important, but how we're going to impact people, how mm -hmm. the masterminds I'm going to create, the podcast I'm going to start soon, exclusive. That's a good plug right there. Yeah, right there. It's going to be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, just planning all the actual on paper things of what we're going to do and Five months, and then I started my businesses. I own seven. Seven I'm just, businesses. And Holy Father will present me with opportunities like BYU Signing Day, and the most the coolest experiences. And Dang. sometimes I'll think to myself, like, "Oh wait, that's like really cool," but like, kind of like sit back, and then Holy Father's like, "Nope, mm. <laughs> back on stage, you don't. Nope, you got this." No, you're totally qualified for this, and he qualifies me BYU as I do it. BYU day. What, what was that? Oh, yeah. So BYU has a day where they sign all their new players. Oh, okay. And so that's just an example of some of the cool things I've been able to do or be on KSL News or wow. been interviewed multiple times in magazines recently and podcasts. For and, your entrepreneurial ventures and mm -hmm, everything? Yeah. Dang. Okay, let's name them real, real quick. Which ones? Your your businesses that you currently have right now. Okay, perfect. Okay, get your get your fingers okay. out. Let's count them. Okay, charcuterie. Charcuterie. What's that called? What's La the? Belle V Charcuterie. La Belle V Charcuterie. Yes. Very fancy. We, we yes, um, and then I have a um. I speak four languages, child. That's so sad. <laughs> I'm like. 
How do you say that? (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. Um, (laughs) You speak it really well. Um, Yeah. So then I also have a real estate portfolio. Dang. So Airbnb and commercial and things like that. Um, And then I train horses. That's so sick. Yeah. So I train horses. Do you know L. Covey? Oh, yeah. You do? Uh-huh. Yeah, I went to school with her. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, that's, that's so, so cool. funny. But I, I, I haven't talked to her in years, but I just see that she does a lot with horses and training horses. Yeah. No, she works with Bridal of Hope. I love, yeah. yeah. So I was, you know, working on an equestrian therapy center. Wow. Um, in my goals. Yeah. Someday I'd love to do that. That'd be amazing. That is so cool. But... I, I love what they're doing. It's so inspirational. It's doing a lot for a lot of people. Um, yeah, so we have three, right? We have three. Kay. Yeah. Charcuterie, real estate, and uh, horse training. Mm-hmm. And then I also do like eyelashes and oh, no way. makeup. Is that makeup. esthetician? Is that right? Es- esthetician. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. I didn't want to assume. Um, yeah. It's, <laughs> good job. It's, Thanks. It's called esthetician. Um, so a beauty business, which uh, I, so a lot of these things are just hobbies. That yeah. I, my parents taught me if you wanted to do your hobbies, you might as well get paid for it. Mm-hmm. Kill two birds with one stone get paid for it instead of paying a lot to do it. If you're good at something, never do it for free. That's what Joker said. Heath Ledger's Joker. Ooh. Yeah. We miss him. (laughs) Rip. (laughs) Oh, dang it. Um, So we got three. We um, got four right there. Got four? Yeah. So I have a couple e-commerce businesses. Oh, sick. So basically those are the rest. And then I also have a luxury car spa. So Luxury car spa. It's called Lumo Auto Spa. Dang. Another, another plug. Is that um, what makes it luxury? Oh, so we actually, tar- we like to specialize in exotics and more European yeah. luxury cars. Yeah, making sure that they're treated perfectly. Oh, yeah. No scratches. Is it one of those um, contactless, like, you don't touch it or you just spray it down or yeah. yeah I wish it was the, contactless. You just look at it, clean car. There yeah, you go. Boom. That'd be great. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, just very, very detail oriented. So mm. just very, very clean. Um, is there a location or is it a service so people mobile. come to? Yeah, okay. it's mobile. That's, that's awesome. So people don't have to worry about, bringing their Lamborghini or their Ferrari mm-hmm. anywhere. They, they just, just book you. Yeah. You come over and, or yeah. whoever you hire goes yeah. over and cleans it. Yeah. Time is money. So yeah. I am there for that. That is awesome. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. That really goes to show you got home from your mission. You went to into solitude for five months basically <laughs> and yeah. concocted a mastermind plan. To oh Yeah. It was wild to become very successful, which is so cool. So admirable and dang. And and it's kind of fulfilling the vision that you had while on the mission. It's like, and I'm sure to you, it's like, this is only the beginning, getting it going, (laughs) having more of an impact, getting the resources so I can have that impact. Right. So cool. 
It's only up from here. It's only the beginning. Mm -hmm. Well, is there, is there anything that, um, as you know, the audience is these return missionaries. Is there anything that you would say that helped your transition that you would really want to emphasize for these missionaries trying to find success in their post-mission life? What would you suggest? So I'm an entrepreneur and I, I speak in business a lot, hmm. but one of my greatest mentors is Ed Milet. I recommend looking him up Ed Milet. hand in hand with the scriptures and don't just go to the world, but there are some great speakers who are centered in their connection to God. So I feel like he's a very, very great Christian man hmm. and leader. So I love when he says this from his book, The Power of One More. He, That's him. I've never read it, but I've heard a lot about that book. Yeah, I actually saw him last week or two weeks ago in person. Wow. Very powerful. Um, he, <laughs> uh, my favorite thing that he's said, um, it's also on my Instagram if you want to check it. It's... Um, it's amazing. He, he says that I believe that there is a version of you that God wants to introduce you to. And he, after this whole life happens, he will stand you next to the person that you were designed and ultimately prepared to become. And it represents your potential. And they had the most amazing life. They had all the relationships, the contributions, the success, everything in this one person. Heaven is that you're this person. And your potential self looks at you and says, oh my gosh, I know that it was a hard road getting here, but you became me. Mm -hmm. We're the same person. Like, it was it was really tough, but you made it. Congratulations, and God says, "Good job, good and faithful servant." Like this is, this is the life now. Like, yeah, I'm so proud of you. Hell, in his definition, was you. You didn't reach your potential. And having to see it, I could have been that, but I'm not. I could have made the impact. I could have reached out to this person. I could have had the success. I could have taken that leap. I could have had courage for that one moment, 30 seconds of insane courage. I could have gone and talked to that person who needed help. I could have made my family proud. I could have made God proud. And you're standing next to that person who you're just, you're designed and destined to be. And he looks at you and says, I don't, I don't recognize you. We're not the same. And in his definition, that's hell. And wouldn't you rather be, wouldn't it be so amazing to say, I am that person, I became that person that God wanted me to be. And I, I love when he says, like, you are not ordinary. You are extraordinary. And you're you were destined to do something great with your life. I I just, if there's anything that 
you should know is how God feels about you mm-hmm. and what he sees for you. And luckily, there's no long distance if he's for that. You can just call him and just, yeah. just ask him. No, 10 minutes for, or $5 for 10 minutes right there. You can do it anytime. And that is so true. As soon as you know how God feels about you, there's nothing that will motivate you more, that will change you more, and give you peace. It's like, yeah, I, I wasn't everything I could have been in the past, but now I know what he has planned for me, and I'm going to do my best to live up to that. And there's grace, too. I'm not always going to. Mm-hmm. But eventually, I'm going to get there. And that's amazing. And that's, I've often thought about that, like with my patriarchal blessing. I want to be that guy, be mm-hmm. my patriarchal blessing. He sounds like a stud. <laughs> and like you said, that is heaven, is to be, have a fulfillment of prophecy, basically. And just be like, wow. I jumped right into that role and I fit it perfectly. What is there a better feeling? No, I, I don't think that there is. And so I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your experience and and your insights. And I'm so excited to see what you do because I feel like you're already doing so many amazing things. And like you said, it's only the beginning. And so I'm glad we have this connection. I know. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. I, I, I love this podcast because I I remember being fresh off the mission, and I I am so incredibly empowered by the confidence knowing that God's on my side, and that you're not alone. And, um, my, my DMS are always open. Please reach out to me if there's ever any, anything I could do for any of you listening. I, is that the best place for people to reach you? Yes. Instagram. Yes. Tiana Evertson. Perfect. Just on Instagram and yeah, you got this. I'm, I'm so excited for what you're going to do and I'm in your corner. God's in your corner. Tal's in your corner. Amen. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. It was so fun connecting with Tiana. Honestly, such a great person and a great friend. She goes out of her way to really help people. Again, if you guys can leave a review, if you have found this helpful or inspiring at all, that would be very much appreciated. It really helps the podcast. Remember, God is good and is planning on your success. And though you've been released from your mission, you've not been released from your ministry.